the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right. Hour two, Backbone Radio, Matt Dunn here. And what is today? Let's see. It's September 18th, 2022. And again, we just show up every Sunday, 4 to 7 p.m., and just call it like we see it and lay it out. Tell it like it is. And sometimes it's um, kind of hairy. Sometimes it's uh, less so. But I do think that most everybody agrees that we're watching America in decline, America going down the drain, and it's incumbent upon us to find a way to save whole this noble and amazing country. But every metric seems to be just going the wrong direction in the Biden era. And the culprit for this, in my opinion, is the, the ruling class of this country, which has kind of detached itself from the rest of the nation and tends to view its fellow citizens as like some sort of a subspecies of useless people, like we talked about last week, or, you know, basically treat the American people like dirt, that the people in charge, they want what they want, and they really want power, and they really want control, and they'll basically say anything, do anything to get it. Now, there's a lot of different implications for that, and I thought I would at least throw out there a sketch of a slightly new way of thinking for some of us, and it involves um, particularizing certain concepts and understanding that universal concepts do not hold water when you have a ruling class in power. Now, what does that mean? It sounds like a little vague, right? Um, but... Uh, what if the Department of Homeland Security is not actually about securing the homeland, meaning the entirety of the homeland, meaning the universal homeland, the American nation itself? What if the Department of Homeland Security is really about securing the power of the ruling class, the power of the Beltway elites? And maybe the visual would be that the Department of Homeland Security is actually focused on this little narrow, tiny little homeland is the Asela Corridor. That's the, 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 the ring around the beltway, but not the rest of the homeland. Does that make sense? And what if, like, the illegal immigration issue counts only um, for a place like Martha's Vineyard? You can't have illegal Im- aliens showing up in Martha's Vineyard near the rich leftist elites vacation homes you can't have that but you can have it everywhere else in the homeland but not in the homeland of the rich and powerful does that somewhat make sense what i'm trying to communicate here that you can't really think of america as one homeland anymore as one nation as one entity and guess who is already thinking of it like that that would be our elites That would be our ruling class. The ruling class looks at this country through the prism 
of their own little zip code, of their own little backyards, of their own little fiefdoms. And so I would submit to you that the Department of Homeland Security and their involvement, their creation after 9-11, and they're involved in border security and other things like that, that um, what they have morphed into, a bureaucracy has been created that, um, that looks after the elites. And not only does not look after the rest of this country and the heartland of this country, but maybe even conceivably targets the rest of the country and has the rest of the country in its crosshairs. As Biden has said that if you're a MAGA Republican, you're basically a terrorist. You are no better than the people that attacked us on 9-11, and you might even be worse. They actually said that. That's what they did last week. We talked about that in our 9-11 program. And I'll start going through some of these particulars here. But um, think of this, like the FBI, an NBC News poll points this out. For the first time ever, more people now have a very negative view of the FBI then have a very positive view. The highest previous very negative view was 12% going back nearly four decades, but now more people have a negative view of the FBI than a positive view. Now, why would that be? What if the FBI does not serve the American people, but it serves only the elites in the beltway? And start applying that to all of the other agencies. Right. What if not only does the FBI not serve the rest of this republic outside the beltway, but what if it actively targets the rest of the country outside the beltway in order to serve the power interests and the power calculations of the elite in this country? Now, I think it's starting to make sense, and I think this illegal immigration story in Martha's Vineyard starts to bring that home that um, you cannot have illegals on the lawns of the left. But yes, it is okay to have illegals on the lawns of the rest of this country. And in fact, that is their policy, to promote illegal immigration through their wide open border for the rest of the country. But we just played this. Muriel Bowser doesn't want it in Washington, D.C., mayor of D.C. Martha's Vineyard, the leftists there, do not want any illegals on their island sanctuary there. And you start thinking about, gosh, this applies in so many different ways. Think about the First Amendment, the free speech scenario. The left gets to have free speech for themselves. They never censor themselves. They never shut themselves up. But they constantly go around censoring their political opposition, censoring their opponents. Deplatformed, banned, banned from Twitter, banned from Facebook, algorithms that reduce their reach and their influence. So you have this universal concept of free speech, universal concept. But, oh, guess what? It's not universal. It's actually only the left gets to speak, and any opposition to the elites does not get to speak. Does that make sense? First Amendment, it's not a universal. You've got to particularize it, and that is how the ruling class sees it. Let's go to the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment, they don't want you, the elites don't want you in the heartland to have guns. They'd love to get rid of the Second Amendment for you, but, oh, they want it for them. Mike Bloomberg, Mayor Bloomberg, the little guy, 
He has all kinds of bodyguards around him everywhere he goes that carry firearms. Oh, you're darn right. And apply that all down the list of the Beltway power elite. They've got all kinds of armed people protecting them, but they don't want you to be able to protect yourself. They want to get rid of your Second Amendment. Does that make sense? Let's go to the Fourth Amendment, the search and seizure stuff, which is prohibited in our Constitution. And, um, oh, yeah, the FBI can go search and seize 11,000 documents from Trump's domicile, Mar-a-Lago. But, oh, no, no, you would never see the Biden FBI, the Comey, the Mueller, the Christopher Wray FBI go search and seize 11,000 documents out of Barack Obama's palatial estate on Martha's Vineyard. Do you see that? The Fourth Amendment only applies to the ruling class, but it is the opposite to the rest of the United States. Another example, you can say for four years that the 2016 election was stolen. Anytime anyone ever said the word Russia, Russia during the 2016 to 2020 time period, they were saying the 2016 election was stolen. You can do that. You can say that. And that's encouraged. That's actively encouraged. That's what all the media did. That's what all the leftists did. That's even what a bunch of the rhinos did. But you can't say that about the 2020 election. It is okay to say the 2016 election was stolen, but it's not okay, not okay to say the 2020 election was stolen. And the FBI and the DOJ and the government apparatus, the Stasi, get activated to enforce that dichotomy, that double standard. So I'm just kind of laying it out here like this, that um, we don't have universal concepts in this country. We don't really have a homeland. We don't really have, like, amendments to the Constitution, you know, and we don't really have, like, FBI that works for the whole country or the IRS or the DHS. or They work for just the people in power, the people that pull their strings. And so that you start extrapolating long term. How do you hold a country together like that when the people are, like, in the Beltway are seceding from the country and they're like treating the rest of the country like dirt and, well, to be continued. Be right back. Yeah, coming back with a little bit more Sigrid. We're kind of excited around here that Sigrid's coming all the way from Norway to give a concert on October 8th at the Ogden right here in Denver. That's like, um, you know, kind of a startup artist. We've been playing their music for about five years and coming to Colorado. That's kind of cool, don't you think? Lauren Daigle, also ahead, coming to town on Wednesday. I assume it's sold out at Red Rocks, but the best faith singer you're going to ever hear, contemporary anyway, Lauren Daigle. But I am just sitting here advising a new way of thinking about America, a new way of thinking about the homeland. And we can't have a broad concept that thinks of the homeland itself and America itself. We can't have that kind of equal law applicable to everybody. No, what we've got is the people in the Beltway are the most important zip code, maybe even the only zip code, and all of the bureaucratic agencies seem to work for them, which is why the American people do not trust the FBI anymore. I just mentioned the poll data on that. While poll data for the United States military is going down as well, while poll data for the, for the media is really at all-time lows. You can't think of a First Amendment, you can't think of free speech as a broad concept because free speech only applies to a certain small subset of the power people. 
You can't think of the Second Amendment. That's what they want. They want the Second Amendment only for them, but not for you. And go down the list, okay? The, uh, we've got two homelands, and how long can a country survive when the people running this show are carving themselves out? And, um, you know, the way, the way their hypocrisy comes forth. See, hypocrisy comes from them establishing a universal concept and then, and then going back on it when it actually affects them by applying to the, the rest of the nation, applying to the masses these universal concepts, but not applying it to themselves. Does that make sense? When these people say that uh, all lives matter or black lives matter, when they say that um, there's no, no such thing as an illegal human and all that, but then when they get a chance to, to show that they believe in that universal concept, it doesn't apply to them, but it applies to everybody else in the country. It applies to Texas. It applies to Arizona. It applies to Colorado. Does that make sense? That is a key dichotomy that we've got going on right now where we get censored, but they do not. In fact, they actively censor us. The FBI actively targets the part of the nation that tends to be opposed to Joe Biden, did not vote for Joe Biden. And let's bring this one in that Tucker Carlson gets right to the point on a bunch of this stuff. Man, things are moving fast. So much is going on, as we often say, that it's very easy to lose track of the big things, the things that matter, the things that will define history and the lives of our children and grandchildren. But Joe Biden's now famous blood red speech of September 1st certainly qualifies as one of the big things. In that speech, Biden announced that not only is his program the best for this country, that's conventional. Presidents always say that. Biden told us that going forward, his program is the only program allowed in this country. Competing programs are not allowed anymore. They're illegitimate. In fact, they're dangerous, Biden said. They're a threat to the republic itself. With an election just months away, Joe Biden declared that his political opponents are enemies of the state. They're terrorists, in fact. Comparable, as his vice president later explained to NBC News, to al-Qaeda on 9-11. Now, Biden and Harris said this. They didn't say it in private, grousing bitterly to aides in the Oval Office, looking at their declining poll numbers. They said it in public on television, and they didn't even flinch as they did. So you have to think about the implications of this. The United States is a two-party political system, has for our whole lifetimes. If the leader of one party, who happens to be the president, redefines the other party, not as a political party, but as a criminal organization, what is he doing? Well, of course, he is demanding a one-party state. And that's what Biden is doing, and he is using federal law enforcement to make it happen. Yeah, Biden wants the one-party state. And he's representing the ruling class. They want to ban and outlaw and criminalize their political opposition after they have screwed up the country, screwed up the economy, screwed up the entire deal, and their poll data reflects it. And so when you start falling behind your political opposition, the approach seems to be to ban your political opposition and use all the bureaucracies use all the agencies, use all the tools that the elites control in order to enhance their power and diminish the power of the American people, flagrantly unconstitutional. Let's just bring this one home with a bit more of Tucker. Yesterday afternoon, FBI agents apprehended a man called Mike Lindell at a Hardee's drive-thru in Minnesota, and they seized his personal cell phone, the one he does business on. Mike Lindell is not a wanted criminal. He's not even a public official. Mike Lindell as you likely know, sells pillows 
especially on this channel. So why would the FBI, armed FBI agents, be apprehending Mike Lindell? Because he questioned the outcome of the last election. He participated in the big lie. He's a threat to the system. That is the consensus view in Washington now. This is a very big change. In a free society, by definition, all questions are allowed. You can't have a democracy unless you are allowed to discuss its mechanics. Free speech is a prerequisite for a democratic system, obviously. And until very recently, everyone in America unquestioningly understood that dissent was not a crime. It was a patriotic act. And people committed it at scale, especially Democrats. For years after the 2000 election, Democrats claimed that George W. Bush was not the legitimate president. Some still say it. They may believe it. And then in 2016, the entire Democratic Party rejected the outcome of the presidential election. A foreign power got Donald Trump elected. Democrats said that, and they continue to say it every single day of Donald Trump's term. They impeached him over it. They hamstrung the executive branch of the U.S. government with an investigation into Russian influence that in the end turned up nothing. What would you call that? You would call that election denial. You would call that the big lie. But no one was punished for it. No judge removed Adam Schiff from office for doubting the election results. The FBI didn't raid CNN's biggest advertisers. Everyone just moved on. You may have hated the Russia hoax, and we certainly did, but there was never any question that all American citizens have an absolute constitutionally protected right to question election outcomes. It seems to me that so much of that should be obvious to everybody but somehow it is just not. And you do wonder, how is it that we get four years of 2016 was stolen and that uh, it is not permitted on the 2020 equation to say anything similar? That should at least set off some light bulbs in people. And yeah, when you get the FBI going around raiding Mar-a-Lago and confiscating the phones of um, 35 to 50 people, associates of Trump, that should set off some alarm bells in the minds of most everybody. I mean, it does, but it should be basically everybody who does not want to live in a prison or a Stasi or a KGB kind of America, right? But yet somehow it seems to not be quite universal because I think some people think that they are going to be the ones who benefit from it. But you will notice, and Glenn Greenwald tweets this out, that um, the uh, Greenwald says this, one of the most overlooked political changes in the past five years is how, mu- how much Democrats have come to worship, revere, and trust the United States security state, especially the FBI and the CIA, while Republicans regard these agencies with extreme distrust and contempt. So the Democrats are loving the United States security state because they think they can put their political opponents, ban them, put them in prison. But um, it's, it's, a, it's a very strange thing that uh, Republicans are catching on to it. More and more people are realizing that, hey, these agencies have been politicized. They only serve, they only serve the Beltway elite. And at best, they serve the Democratic Party. They don't, they don't serve us. In fact, they actually target the rest of the country, yeah? All right, more on this. When we come back, it's Backbone Radio. Yeah, the sucker punch song there. And 
when we start thinking about sucker punches, you start thinking these days about that FBI lawless raid on Trump's Mar-a-Lago, which has really changed the dynamics in this country. And uh, after that, you saw Trump's poll data shoot straight up, and he was always dominating the potential 2024 Republican primary poll data-wise, but now Harvard-Harris has Trump up by 42 points at this point looking untouchable for the 2024 GOP nomination, should he want to do it. We'll see how that plays. But that Trump raid has had some twists and turns since it happened. And again, for me, politics is different after that. That is the full Stasi moment. That is the deep state going full supernova. And it looks like there is some potential for... Different levels of backfire here and that last week I talked about Judge Eileen Cannon's ruling that a special master will be employed to review the 11,000 documents that the FBI stole out of Trump's Mar-a-Lago. And wow, when Judge Cannon did that, I think the DOJ did not expect that to happen And you've been seeing the DOJ start attacking, uh, or you've seen the leftist commentariat attack this Judge Cannon, this woman, Judge, they attack this woman, Judge, um, viciously. And it seems like the DOJ in the NSD, National Security Division of the DOJ, meaning the deep state, uh, the deepest of the deep state, they do not want any other eyeballs looking over any of these documents that they took out of Trump's Mar-a-Lago. They are really on edge about this, and it makes you wonder if they go in and seize all of these records out of Trump's Mar-a-Lago, and then, uh-oh, somehow other eyeballs get on them, and then the DOJ realizes that, oh, we can't have that. But Raymond Deary, I'll start going into this. Raymond Deary, a retired New York judge, has been appointed and agreed to by both the DOJ and by Trump, the Trump attorneys. And just so you get a little bit about him, here's Jesse Waters when this first broke a couple of days ago. In the Judge Cannon, Florida special master case, she has ruled against the Department of Justice and granted Donald Trump's request to have a special master appointed to go through all of the documents that the FBI seized in the Mar-a-Lago raid. Again, big blow to the Department of Justice. They will not be able to review any of these documents. They have now been taken to the special master. Now, the special master was someone who Donald Trump offered, and the Department of Justice agreed. The special master is a Judge Deary. Backstory on Deary. Deary was a FISA court judge. Deary was a FISA court judge who the FBI lied to and gave him a bad warrant. And Deary said, yes, you can spy on the Trump campaign. Deary now knows that the FBI was dishonest with him when applying for that warrant, and that Deary will be in charge of going through these documents. Very, very interesting development. 
Just breaking. It is a very, very interesting development. And so this Raymond Deary, who is Raymond Deary? And he is in a very important position right now as the special master to review these 11,000 documents stolen out of Trump's Mar-a-Lago, out of Melania's underwear drawers, out of Baron Trump, the 16-year-old son of President Trump's room. And the DOJ, again, has been quite frantic about this, and they even came in and tried to do a temporary stay on parts of Judge Cannon's order on this. And that, too, has been denied. Well, at least they're speculating that's probably going to be denied. But what are they hiding? What is the DOJ hiding? What, what has got the bee in their bonnet so big time right now about this? And is there potential? I mean, obviously, I think it backfired in terms of the overall politics of it that so many of the American people do not want to live in the Stasi state. But also, could it backfire? Because, yeah, other eyeballs will be looking at this stuff. And what if this stuff is the kind of stuff that makes the FBI, the CIA, the DOJ look bad, makes Biden look bad, makes Barack Obama look bad? Because what if it's the crossfire hurricane Russia hoax documents, which they used to try to undermine the 2016 election? So just so we have the latest on this, one of our point people on this is Mike Davis who heads up the uh, Article 3 project. You've seen him a lot on Fox News lately, and uh, you see him on Twitter where he's been banned five times by Twitter, and then they let him come back. But, of course, again, he's obviously outside of the acceptable opinion range, but he used to clerk for Gorsuch, and he's a fine legal mind. And here is Mike Davis's latest thinking on Merrick Garland kind of panicking about Judge Cannon's order. Why? Mike Davis, let's start with the update. This is what Bannon. is Merrick Garland doing now? How are they continuing their, their ongoing humiliation on the raid and ransack of Mar-a-Lago, sir? Well, Merrick Garland is panicking. He filed for a, an emergency motion for a partial stay of Judge Cannon's special master order. They filed this motion last night in the 11th circuit uh, uh the 11th circuit court of appeals which is the appellate court that oversees the southern district of florida essentially they're they're, they're continuing this incorrect willfully incorrect legal argument that classified records are not presidential records therefore trump had no right to have them and trump having them the special master looking at them is, in, uh, is endangering our national security, which is complete nonsense, and jeopardizing their criminal case, which is complete nonsense. Why did they wait 18 months to go get these records if Trump having these uh, records at Mar-a-Lago either endangered national security or was a crime? Uh, they are in full panic mode. I, I, this is, I think it's a frivolous motion. I hope the 11th Circuit immediately denies it. Yeah, we'll see what the 11th Circuit does, and of course they should deny it, but I will say the track record is the deep state always eventually gets gets its way, and they always judge shop and they find a way to get their way. That has been the story. That has been the story of Russiagate and the impeachments and the whole deal, and it has been uh, very, very illuminating for me to learn how corrupt to the gills our DOJ is and how our judges are. But this Cannon thing at least has potential, and let's have Mike Davis summarize one more point on this. The reason this is so important, because they are terrified that Trump declassified the Crossfire Hurricane records through a memo on January 19th, 
2021, the day before he left office, the Biden Justice Department dragged their feet and did a Privacy Act review, which was complete nonsense. They never released these documents. These documents are damning for Obama, Biden, Hillary, the FBI, the intel community, because they showed that they cooked up the Russian collusion hoax, maybe with foreign intel agencies, to get Trump. They wanted to influence the 2006 election. MI5, MI6. Yeah, so wouldn't that be ironic? And many people speculate, Mike Davis does speculate, and others, including myself, that the uh, FBI raid on Mar-a-Lago was designed to get these crossfire hurricane documents out of there to prevent them from ever being uh, seen by anyone else in the world because it makes the FBI look bad and Biden and Obama and the rest of them. But wouldn't it be ironic if their lawless and egregious raid on Mar-a-Lago ended up opening the floodgates on these documents in some way or another? And if they do get to special master Deary, boy, that would be something else. But again, the, the DOJ, Merrick Garland, seems to be panicking and trying to block that at all costs. And even at midnight, they do this plea for a temporary stay, and they're trying to get some other judge in there from the 11th Circuit in Florida to try to stop this. And, um, you know, will, will they get their way? We're going to be watching this. And I know, I know that it seems like they're, they're certainly very nervous. And this Weissman guy who ran, uh, essentially he was Mueller. He was the actual nuts and bolts of Mueller. Mueller was the figurehead for all those years. That Weissman has come quite unhinged on uh, social media and on Twitter and on uh, MSNBC, he's been doing some interviews really attacking this Judge Cannon and showing him to be the most deleterious partisan hack that I've known all along. But he's really coming even further out of the closet to show how corrupt and how partisan, how political the DOJ and the FBI have been. But wouldn't that be the irony of ironies if the seizure of these 11,000 documents at Mar-a-Lago end up becoming the catalyst for getting those catapulted out into the open in some way or another. That's what's got them worried in the Beltway, frantic in the Beltway. But we shall see. If you're on the phone lines, hang on. We'll be right back. There we go. There was another Sigrid song. Man, somehow we got a lot of Sigrid tonight who, not that I'm saying you should go see her show in Denver on October 8th, but maybe that's one of the subtexts of this program. Great singer-songwriter. We really enjoy her work. Been playing it for five years now, I think, since she first like uh, came onto the scene in Europe. But at any rate, Backbone Radio, Matt Dunn here, off to the phone lines. And just wanted to, just so you hear this one, one more time from Mike Davis. This is the nutshell of it. This is roiling the backwaters here. The reason this is so important, because they are terrified that Trump declassified the Crossfire Hurricane records through a memo on January 19th, 2021, the day before he left office. The Biden Justice Department dragged their feet and did a Privacy Act review, which was complete nonsense. They never released these documents. These documents are damning for Obama, Biden, Hillary, the FBI, the intel community, because they showed that they cooked up the Russian collusion hoax, maybe with foreign intel agencies, to get Trump. They wanted to influence the 2006 uh, MI5, election. MI6. And that would be the irony of ironies if the Trump raid on Mar-a-Lago backfires to the extent of blowing that all out to the public. Oh, my gosh. Could that be 
dare we hope the deep state could lose one? Oh, this Judge Cannon has at least thrown them a curveball, and they're panicking about it. We'll see how Merrick Garland can find a way out of this one. I don't think the DOJ thought that all through. I think that they are irrational, paranoid people, and that would be certainly that Andrew Weissman guy. At any rate, more on that to follow, but let's uh, let's say hello to Holly in Aurora. And Holly, thank you for checking in. Welcome to the program. Thanks, Matt. How are you doing? Hey, hanging right in. We're having fun. Good. In spite of it all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every Sunday we get to at least hear that you're still uh, DJing the swim meets. I think that's great. Oh, yes. None um, does it better, if I may say. That, I bet that's right. <laughs> I bet that's right. <laughs> Hey, listen, I was thinking of something um, Stefan um, brought up on one of his programs. It's been a couple weeks ago, but I was thinking about it when he brought it up. He listed there were like 27 listings of redacted uh, things about the documents that uh, the FBI and everybody took yes. from Mar-a-Lago. Yes. And and everything that was said, of course, it being redacted, of course, it was v- extremely vague and very hard to know what was going on. But there was one point that um, Stefan kept saying that it said when they listed, you know, like tw- uh, point 12 or, or the documents in box 12 or whatever it was. I'm just using that as an example. And um, they get to the, fol- the folder and they'd open up the folder and it said, give these to the military aid. A-I-D-E. So that's a person. And I would assume that that's a a person that uh, Trump could work with or something of that nature and trust, you know, to take documents to and from and that sort of thing. And it occurred to me, I started thinking, gosh, whenever I was in an office and working, you know, with files and what have you, if the files got taken out of the file jacket, that's what you did. You put it like a post-it note or something sure. inside the file jacket that said give to so-and-so or gave to so-and-so. Yes. And uh, and so I'm thinking, you know, most of those files, but the way Stefan was telling those files that had those notes in them, it was like, um, what did you do with them? Well, it's like, well, wait a minute. That's what the note is in there for. <laughs> it's telling you what they did with them. So well, it's true, there's there's proof that Trump was telling the truth when he said, we've been working with them all the way up till June, uh, getting these a lot of these files put back and what have you. And I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Then the second point, I'm agreeing with you. Would if Trump was keeping all of this stuff so that he could put it in his library? Most of them do. Most of the presidents. Oh, they all do. They all do. And that's the presidential right to do that. And Mike Davis, who we keep quoting, the Gorsuch aide, has been 100% clear that presidents have the absolute right to do that. And case law backs that up. He points out a couple of cases that backs all of that up. And Trump declassified all of this stuff regarding Crossfire Hurricane and other stuff, if that's what they're concerned about. Trump declassified it on his second to last day in office. And. Yep. The legal arguments made by the DOJ are quite spurious on all this, and they're you know they're running with emotion, they're running with panic on it, and um, it's funny that they're, they're running with this argument, you know, that um, the FBI has the right, and all these these documents have to be given back to the bureaucrats and the DOJ and the bureaucracies. No. 
but uh, they already have them. See, the originating That's agencies right. have all of these documents, but uh, they apparently don't want Trump to have them. But Trump has every mm-hmm. right to have them, as is backed up by the law and by case law. And uh, it's it, it's it's strange to watch this work because the you know the, the DOJ at this point is not even making legal arguments about this stuff. Um, but they're they're trying to find some way to bottle this up, and it's getting harder for them after that Eileen Cannon judge ruling. Yes. Which is interesting. He's I, I, terrific. I think, you know, to the extent that – see, the media doesn't cover this kind of stuff. They'll only cover it to the I extent know. that Trump has done something badly. But uh, exactly. for those of us who follow this and understand this, it's, it's, it's very clear that, you know, something significant is going on. But it has backfired politically. You at least have to yes. say that. But by the way – Say this, Holly, if you are the FBI yeah. and you go in, you raid Mar-a-Lago, and one of the points they made was, oh, this file is empty. Oh, there was documents missing. Now, yes. that's the word of the FBI. How do we right. know that that was actually really missing? How do we know that that's it wasn't right. the FBI that uh, hid it, absconded with it, put it in their pockets, and they're going to say, oh, it was yeah. missing because Trump uh, didn't have it in the right place or Trump had it on his somewhere else? That's the way that's the way Stefan was reading those those points. He was reading them. And I'm not picking on Stefan. I'm just saying that must have been how it was kind of um, uh, accused of. They were saying it just like what you're saying, like, oh, look what Trump did. Oh, these these files are empty. Yeah, But see, you can't trust anything, anything about what they are saying. Right. And, exactly. it, and if, if supposedly there's something that is empty there, well, it might have been the FBI that emptied it. Right. We have to have that exactly. perspective as a possibility. And they seem to be the ones, if mm-hmm. it is true, that they're worried about the crossfire hurricane documents, like Mike Davis keeps saying, then uh, yep. it seems like they would they would just as soon empty them so that uh, maybe Trump could not have them or Trump's library could not have them, even though, of course, he has every constitutional legal right to have them. And we could, we've covered that exactly. with Mike Davis. So people... Some people are just not understanding this, and they need to get in touch with the law on this that we've been playing around here. So, and I was thinking, I was thinking they seem to be okay with saying that maybe it's the Fast and Furious uh, uh, documents that they're concerned about. What about Benghazi? Man, I'm thinking that there could have been some real serious, you know, uh, smoking guns. And Hillary is fighting like crazy to try to keep herself intact a little bit. And right, um, and you I could go down a long list show. of of, yeah. of scandals that could have been part exactly. of this that would have reflected badly on the deep state, uh, you know, mm-hmm. writ large, or specifically the DOJ or the FBI or the CIA or uh, Biden personally or Obama personally or Susan Rice personally, or any of the Spygate perpetrators. <laughs> so, exactly, exactly. So, And then it, there was one other thing that I thought was interesting. Out of the 27 points that Stefan brought up, because that's what was in front of him, that's what he could read. I'm not, I'm yeah. not picking on Stefan, I'm just saying um, he, he, he saw nothing came out of Barron's room, nothing came out of the, clo- uh, the uh, dressing room of, uh, Melania, they had no business being in those two rooms. Yeah, but they were in there. That is documented. That's and right. Trump does have the videos of it all that he might release at some point. Thank you, Holly. Yeah.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.